Hello, this is Teresa Kenny of The Hormone Genius. I'd like to set up this episode today by giving you some further information about some of the terminology we'll be talking about. First of all, you'll hear the word NAPRO technology. This may be a new phrase for you. NAPRO technology is a new woman's health science that was developed in Omaha, Nebraska by Dr. Thomas Hilgers. He wrote a definitive textbook on NAPRO technology in 2004. The term NAPRO technology stands for natural procreative technology, and it's a woman's health science that monitors and maintains a woman's reproductive and gynecological health. It provides medical and surgical treatments that cooperate completely with the reproductive system. It offers real solutions to real problems in women's health, including infertility, repetitive miscarriage, menstrual cramps, PMS, ovarian cysts, abnormal bleeding, PCOS, and so many more. The foundation of NAPRO technology is the Creighton model system. Now, Jamie and I talk a lot about cycle charting, and there's lots of different systems and tracking methods. The Creighton model system is unique because it's the only system that actually also developed a whole woman's health science called NAPRO technology with it. In fact, the Creighton model system is the foundation of NAPRO technology because it allows providers like me to be able to look into the woman's body by using a charting system that's completely standardized. The Creighton model system is something both Jamie and I learned, and we also learned to teach it to other women and couples. So this is very important to this particular episode because we're going to be talking to a pharmacist who is also trained in the Creighton model system and NAPRA technology. In this episode, we'll link in our show notes all of the pertinent resources that you need to go further and learn more. I do want women to know that there is an alternative to suppressing their bodies with hormones, that they can see their body as a good and they can live in that body holistically. Totally. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Join co-hosts Jamie Rauchy and Teresa Kenny as they educate women about the beauty of the feminine design and empower women to take charge of their health. They're going to be so amazing. You're going to be so empowered by understanding your feminine genius and your hormone genius. I don't think I can live my whole life knowing this and not sharing it with anyone. Hello and welcome to the Hormone Genius Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Jamie Rachi, and we are here today to do a great interview with a pharmacist named Maria Bezecki. And just to give you a little information about Maria before we get started, Maria is a dual Canadian and Croatian citizen who was raised in, here it comes a, a big word, <laughs> this is a, in, how do you say it, Maria? Is it Saskatoon, Saskatchewan? Canada. All right. Well, she's in Canada. <laughs> I knew I was going to struggle with the big words. And um, so she is a pharmacist. Um, she spent her early career working in clinical poison and drug information in the early 2000s, but she has moved on to kind of a new path in her career. And she has a double certification from the American Academy of Fertility Care Professionals as a Creighton model fertility care practitioner and a fertility care pharmacist consultant. And she has gone on to start um, a beautiful center called um, Fertility Care Calgary. I know Maria, many women come to learn about NAPRO technology kind of through personal experience. And I'm certain that probably isn't different for you. So tell us your story in terms of maybe your own journey and why this type of medicine really spoke to you as a woman. 
That's a that's a very good uh, question, uh, and uh, I'd be happy to answer that. Uh, I, I do think that we all have some kind of background, something that that leads us to search out um, answers. And and for me, uh, in this area, um, I always struggled with PMS um, most of my life, uh, and um, didn't really think much of it. I just sort of thought, well, you know, that's just the way it is, and I don't know why I feel like that, um, and uh, you know, struggled with it. Um, and you know it has an impact on your on your relationships and marriage and stuff too and um but um at, at one point um i had struggled with a miscarriage and i was asking myself like why uh why did this happen this i've already had three children successfully so why all of a sudden is this going on and uh, none of the doctors could give me any answers to it. And I really struggled with that. Um, then uh, a number of years later, um, as perimenopause sort of came around, I noticed that these PMS types of symptoms were getting worse. And um, I ended up getting very ill with a respiratory infection. And it just seemed to all kind of come uh, compound at once. And I thought, this is very unusual. Um, uh, I, I don't feel right. Um, I don't. I don't feel normal. What's going on? Um, and I ended up reaching out to um, a, a physician uh, who was trained in NAPRO technology, and she. Uh, I, I happened to find out about her through the grapevine, and and I'm so glad that I did because once I sat down with her, she validated what I was going through and said, "This is." Um, not normal, it's, it's actually abnormal, but we can get you back to where you were before. And it didn't take very long before I, I had gotten my life back. And I thought, you know, for so many years, I didn't feel right. And I knew intuitively there was something there that wasn't right. And I wasn't able to get those answers. But once I finally went and got the help that I needed and got the treatment that I needed, uh, the world was a very different place and it opened my eyes and that's sort of what projected me into getting started with this uh, uh with my own practice with it because i just thought there there are so many more women other than me out there and here i was i was a trained pharmacist i was a professional and yet in pharmacy school we had never learned about this sort of thing we had never i had never understood that um, these sorts of things were were happening to women. The focus was always on other reproductive issues, uh, and uh, so so that's how I got my start, my interest. It's a very personal thing, and I think that I can empathize with women who come to me with these things, and I, I do understand, and I think that uh, that really helps with the relationship. Maria, when you share your story, I think to myself, okay just like you mentioned, you were trained as a pharmacist, right? And and one would assume going through, you know, this mastery of learning and understanding about health and wellness. And of course, for with you, with, with farm, with pharmaceuticals, is that what you would call it? Pharmaceutical pharmacy? Sure. Um, doesn't it make you mad? 
is there some like righteous anger in a sense? You're like, why is something that seeming is simple, really? I mean, when listeners, when we talk about this, if this is new in your mind, you might think, oh, dear, this must be a challenge, like very difficult to learn about. You know, these, um, Maria, you talked about PMS and, and we know that is due to low progesterone, right? So we might think, oh, this might be a, a challenge to learn and to understand, but mm-hmm. truly you guys, it's not. <laughs> and I think that's probably what makes, yeah. you know, us so upset and frustrated. It's something that's seemingly simple in comparison to other things. And so Maria, talk to us a little bit about that. Like since your eyes have been open to almost the simplicity, of course, we know hormones are complicated. Absolutely. But there are some simple things we can do to help women who in your case and others struggle with PMS. So tell us a little bit about how that's been for you. Yeah. Well, you know, from a, from a pharmacy perspective, uh, we are always taught to do the least invasive thing, uh, to do what we call the non-pharmacological treatment, which is just a way of saying, if there's something you can do without needing to use medication, do it. So, um, you know, if you've got high blood pressure because, you know, you, you're overweight, well, lose some weight. <laughs> uh, it, it's, so I'm just trying to say, yes, you're exactly right. It's the simplicity uh, and people don't understand that sometimes with their with their gynecological health, that yeah, it's it's a very simple matter of understanding the basics. And we didn't have that in pharmacy. We weren't taught the base. I mean, we were taught the basics about the woman's cycle, but it wasn't brought back to um, real life. We didn't understand it in a real life perspective. And so the beauty of um, each woman is that you can learn about your cycle, you can learn about your charting your fertility cycle. And it is simple overall. And I have so many of my patients that say to me, why didn't somebody tell me about this a long time ago? Why? If I only understood this, if I only knew that these things that are happening, aren't right. why couldn't somebody have taught us about those basics in high school or um, why wasn't this brought forward? And and so I think it's the same thing in, in our profession is that we're not focusing in on what is simple, what is easy to help women and couples empower themselves so that they can continue to answer or to ask questions um, about their health and be and be patient centered or be um, an active participant in their health rather than being just told what to do. It's it is simple. It is something that that puts women in the driver's seat. And uh, I, I think we're seeing more and more of it. Certainly, um, you know, from 11 years ago, when I started, I think women are much more in tune with this. And I, I would really like to see that continue. But the, the healthcare system, at least in Canada, is not working with them that way as much as they should. So I know in the United States, it it feels as if sometimes there's not enough of us, you know, not enough providers to take care of women who really, when they hear this message about empowerment, really for their bodies and for their health, they're like, I want that, but where do I go? And, and there's not enough people now to serve. So it is a growing movement. And I agree the last 10 years, especially and I sometimes I get frustrated, you know, uh, uh, reading the the news, you know, that people are upset that somehow this is anti birth control, which I 
I'm so frustrated by that because I think, no, I mean, women still get to choose what they want to have, you know, for their bodies, for fertility and family planning, but they deserve this information. And, and so many women are frustrated by the fact that birth control did not solve their problems mm-hmm. and they're still suffering with pain and PMS and, and endometriosis and infertility. So this is something to me that really is, is, is true feminism. You know, we, we really deserve this as women, mm-hmm. um, but give me your perspective on, um, kind of like, because I, you know, know we are short on people to help. Is it even worse in Canada? Cause I imagine there are not as, you know, many fertility care clinics that like you have created for the amount of people in Canada. So give us an idea of that. Yes, you're absolutely right. There aren't enough of us uh, trained in this um, area of restorative reproductive uh, medicine, um, finding that underlying cause. And in, it's, uh, it's a struggle and uh, there's definitely a need for it. And we do need more people training. Um, and I, I think if they understood, if, if healthcare practitioners out there realized the capacity um, or the volume of, of people that, that need to understand this part of their health. Um, it, it affects our families, it affects our, our relationships with others, it affects work, um, it affects our quality of life. There's, there's so many uh, reasons uh, why. In Canada, it's um, a little bit of a different system. We are a socialized medical system. There's a lot of wait lists. Um, so for example, I, I just spoke to, um, someone who told me that they were waiting 18 to 36 months just to get an appointment, their first appointment with an OBGYN, obstetrician gynecologist. To me, that's just simply unacceptable because, um, uh, it's probably going to be a 10 or 15 minute appointment at most. And, uh, where do you even begin to help the person with a, a short appointment like that? Uh, and, um, you know, everybody is trained differently. This training is very, very specific on trying to understand where the underlying or root cause is. And so, um, I just think that we're, these women are falling through the cracks and we, we need to have practitioners out there who, who are focused in on this part of their health to help them. And don't you think too, Maria, like, because of the lack of understanding and education about yes the fertility cycle but just also hormone wellness women are making choices and um, living a lifestyle they unknowingly have no idea is affecting their health and their hormones so that then by the point they have a hormone issue then it's time to go to the doctor but if their doctor doesn't understand and they're putting them on birth control what would happen and this is honestly what i've made it my personal mission with the fiat institute is to train women a little bit more than the everyday woman mm-hmm. to get them before there is a, a charting issue. Like what if we just help to, you know, drink more water, you know, like let's stabilize your blood sugar. Let's think about stress and get enough sleep. Like what if we remembered the woman behind the chart and remembered that that woman has a lifestyle that may not be in harmony with her hormones. 
And so be, in a way, it's it's a, um, an effort to eliminate some of those medical appointments, because once we get there, it means that there's been something where, that's been disordered, you know, but maybe we can create order. And in ways, there are times where it's, you know, too severe or somebody has more of an urgent need. But in other ways, really, it could be more basic and simple. Someone has a progesterone issue, get more sleep. Let's decrease the stress in your life. You know, I had, I met with a lady yesterday at a tea, the tea cellar. I love, I love tea. And I met with her and she was saying how, um, when she met with her doctor, even, and we love NAPRO technology, but it was her NAPRO doctor, you know, her progesterone was low. She was on progesterone for years, but it's because she had a high stress job. So she was never even asked about her job. And so when she quit her job, her progesterone levels went back to normal. She was able to achieve pregnancy. So even within this realm of healthcare, I'm very passionate about also bringing that to light. Um, what do you think about that, Maria? I, I think you're absolutely right. There are so many things we can do for ourselves. Uh, self-awareness, um, understanding that these lifestyle issues um, are very, very important. And it can be as basic as sleep. Yeah. and diet mm -hmm. um we know that um there are a lot of inflammatory foods out there that really affect women yeah. uh we we know that uh something for example like sleep women who snore that is a sign that their hormones may be out of whack mm -hmm. um, or will get out of whack if it continues down the road and leads to other metabolic issues so mm -hmm. um uh, sleep diet um, exercise, uh, that's very important too. Uh, stress is a really huge one. Um, and, you know, stress is a part of everyday life. It's normal. We need a little bit of stress. It's healthy for us. But when there's a little bit too much, yes, it really affects our blood sugars. Um, it, and, and then that, you know, can snowball and cause a lot of issues. So um, managing stress and, and being aware of that, doing that self inventory and going, is this good for me? And if I continue on this path, what will it do to me long-term? So women don't realize that there's so much they can do for themselves. Um, and by the time it gets too far ahead, that, then yeah, that's when they need to go to their doctor and, and talk to them about it. But we want to prevent that from happening to begin with. Right. So yeah, self-care is um, a hugely important area. I think it's really refreshing to hear from a pharmacist in this light, because I think you can just presume that a pharmacist just wants to give you a pill to fix your problems. <laughs> right. And, and again, in medicine, if we're trained correctly, it really shouldn't be about that. It, it, like you said, you should be trained to know or believe that that the pill is the last solution and that yes. all of the things yes. that can correct the human body, because the human body was designed to be incredibly restorative on its own to compensate for so many stressors and to work efficiently if we give it the right uh, fuel and tools. And, and so that that's really refreshing just to hear that from a pharmacist. Um, I would love to hear about just your clinic and like who, who is there with you? And I know, I, I believe you're the founder of it, but you know, what role do you play as a pharmacist now and how do you serve women in your community? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so, so with the beauty of technology, um, it is, uh, easy to work with, um, a number of fertility care practitioners, uh, within Canada. So, um, 
with my clinic, um, it's an opportunity for people to, um, on the website, to to learn all about fertility care and taking care of, of your hormonal health. Um, and at that point, if people want to learn more, if they want to start doing fertility charting, um, if there's if there's something that um, they think is not quite right uh, uh, with their system, or maybe they think everything is just fine and they, they just want to know more about their body, then, you know, we have these practitioners who are available to work with them uh, and uh, they, they have services available online. So really it's, it's uh, not just an immediate community thing with learning fertility charting. It's something that can be done wherever you are uh, in Canada. Uh, and so it's wonderful to have this group of, of trained allied health professionals working with me. Uh, and, uh, and then so locally here in, in um, Alberta, that's our province, um, I am practicing out of Calgary. Uh, and uh, if if there are deeper issues that need to be addressed, if uh, they do notice that there are issues um, with their charting, uh, then uh, I can always uh, see people locally here. Uh, and uh, I work through um, a community pharmacy here where uh, I have uh, the, the clinic set up. For those women who need a little bit of extra help, then that's available to them here. Typically, when I think about the fertility care model. And so again, for our listeners, typically, you know, we're referring to fertility care practitioners. That is the training that women can go and receive um, specifically through Creighton, like Pope Paul VI Institute um, to become a fertility care practitioner. And then there are doctors um, and pharmacists and whatnot trained um, to become medical consultants. Always in my head, I've thought, fertility care practitioner, and then the doctors, right? Um, but you're a pharmacist. And so <laughs> I I wasn't even familiar or I'm not that familiar with this idea that there's a, um, what was your title? I know it was a medical consultant. It was something else. Pharmacist consultant. Oh, pharmacist consultant. Okay. So what can you do as a pharmacist consultant? Um, you said that you even meet with women as well. And typically when we think about, you know, pharmacist, we think about the lady behind the counter, you know, filling a prescription. So kind of fill us in on more specifically what that looks like. Yeah. So within pharmacy, there are different um, roles that you can you can have. Uh, Previously, um, when I was uh, working in my hospital based practice, um, it was um, a position uh, where I was working in a consult service with the public, but also with poison information and working with um, the emergency or ICU um, or family physicians and giving information to them on on poisonings and and helping with that. So that's just an example of the broad range of um, practice sites that pharmacists have. So community pharmacy is what I think a lot of people think about when they think about pharmacy is somebody uh, dispensing medication to them and giving them drug information on on that. Um, But uh, here in Alberta, we are a very um, different, we have a a different situation here. Uh, We also allow pharmacists to um, prescribe. If you um, are trained in a very specific area, then you um, can apply for that uh, extra credential where you are able to um, help people in a very specific area. So um, you might be, um, for example, a, a travel pharmacist where they learn all about vaccinations and, and 
when people travel, what do they need to prepare themselves for that? Uh, and so that that is one example. Uh, so with what I'm doing with restorative reproductive work, that is a specialty on its own. And there aren't any other pharmacists uh, that, that I'm, um, I'm there, there are pharmacists who I think help with menopause and perimenopause and, and hormonal issues that way. Um, but within the area of reproductive age women, I don't think there's a whole lot of us that are uh, trained in this um, particular area. So uh, that's why I have this clinic set up to specifically help women um, with this area of their um, their hormones or fertility health. And it is very different than, than what we're used to seeing, but um, there are a lot of changes within healthcare. We have to change, we have to um, be more open and able to help people because, um, you know, as we have seen post COVID, the healthcare system, at least in Canada, is falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's uh, we have to have more of a cooperative relationship between the private and public uh, programs that are out there. That's um, our our health minister had talked about that. That we we really have to rely on both. And so in pharmacy, I'm very excited that um, you know I'm able to bring this as as a way to further help people in the community. And the courage, the courage that takes Maria, because I, because I am sure, <laughs> I'm sure that um, it can be very polarizing. Uh, probably, I imagine. Um, would you say that's true when you are in communication with other pharmacists or other medical professionals, and you tell them what you do? Are they more interested in wanting to learn more, or is it again volatile? Like, how does it feel? Uh, it's not volatile. Um, I, I think that overall people are very interested wow like how did you get to do that and i I think that they're realizing that hey somebody's thought out of outside of the box they never really realize that this is an area Mm -hmm. uh, that that could be pursued and would help women i mean we're always thinking about the very basic things like oh i don't know like diabetes education or uh, stop smoking or something like that within the pharmacy but I think that uh, it's overall been very positive, uh, and uh, and and so that's that's good. And I think that you know over time, as um, women are successful and they're happy, and and we're we're improving that quality of life, I think it will continue to speak for itself. Yeah, I mean, this is really about increasing the quality of care, and and don't, and everybody's behind that, you know. So you might have a different perspective on how you know, we come to that in women's health and there may be differences of opinions, but no one would argue that, that the quality of care needs to improve on all sorts of levels. And I think, like you said, post COVID, I think it's a great opportunity for us to relook at the healthcare system, to look at what we're doing actually for prevention. You know, I often say like to my patients, a mammogram is not preventative healthcare, you know, we, we have kind of used those words like preventative healthcare is getting a colonoscopy or getting a mammogram. Well, that's not actually preventative healthcare. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it will help you to be able to get on top of a disease sooner, but prevention goes so much deeper and, and it takes more time. And, and, and this is what's happened in society is that everything we want to get to so quick right? Mm -hmm. Information we've gotten to so quick gratification, uh, with our, the way we, uh, make food industrialization of food, everything is like, we got to do it faster and faster and faster. And in healthcare, that's true too. 
but that decreases the quality of care that we provide patients if we have to run them through every five to 10 minutes and get them out the door. So this is really about taking a step back and saying, this is not about money. This is about helping people improve access to quality of care. And I think everybody wants to get behind something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, Maria, this time went by so fast. It went by so fast. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna actually ask our very last question, but I want you to be sure, too, to um, share with others how they can learn more about you. So, Maria, what do you wish every woman knew about her hormone genius? I would like to say that it really is simple, and it comes down to listening to your body. It's speaking to you and trust what it's telling you and don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. Uh, you have that within you to understand what is happening and don't just let somebody tell you things are, are completely normal. Continue to seek it out. Trust yourself. Don't downplay um, what you might be experiencing and you have this within yourself you can, I, I really want to encourage women um, to empower themselves and, and just keep persistent. Uh, and, and in the end, you will, you will be thankful that you did that. Mm -hmm. So true. So true, Maria. How can people um, learn more about you? Uh, it's very simple. If you want to know more about me and about uh, what the work is that we do, um, I have a website. It's um, fertilitycarecanada.com. And uh, if they want to email, um, then uh, info at fertilitycarecanada.com. Um, and uh, happy to help with any questions there. And, uh, you know, even if there isn't, uh, you know, if they're not up in Canada, uh, there are other places available all over the, all over the world, really, within um, restorative reproductive uh, medicine uh, that, that can help. So uh, continue to seek out the answers. Awesome. All right, Maria. Well, thank you so much for taking time. We hope that maybe there are some pharmacists who are listening right now or people who are in Canada and didn't know that there were actually, you know, tools and fertilitycarecanada.com. I mean, I was thinking that's quite the domain like name, <laughs> you know, like all of Canada. That's amazing. But truly, that's easy to remember fertilitycarecanada.com. For those of you in Canada who are listeners, be sure to check out that website. So again, thank you, Maria. Thank you for empowering our listeners to ask those questions, to become the genius of their hormones. And um, to our crowd, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Hormone Genius Podcast. Please remember to share our podcast with your friends and family and also follow us on social media. If you were not aware, we have a YouTube channel. So if you could like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay in the loop with all of our latest episodes, we would appreciate that. Thank you so much for your support. We are excited to journey alongside you as you discover the beauty and the genius of your hormones.